Now then, welcome to the Midlife Film Catch-Up, a podcast where we catch up on films that we've never seen before at this point in our lives, midlife. I'm Sam Turner, and this is my co-captain, Christopher Jenkins. Buenas tardes. Oh, that's, that's nice, that's nice. Um, just to introduce yourself, Chris, do you want to maybe give us the top five things you like about Spain? No, sorry, Mexico. Mexico. Mexico, I like traffic. Um, uh, sorry, I've just dropped something. Um, churros, piñatas, mariachi music, and cars that pneumatic cars. Oh, this was the suspension. Suspension. Sorry, yeah. Each yeah. week we watch a film that is new to us, starting from the year we were born and running chronologically through to the present day. Before the recording, neither of us know what each other think of the film. We're up to episode uh, 18? Yes. Yes. And it's the year 2000 in this project. Oof. Chris, you had a a week, a week sabbatical last week? Yes. Annual leave, yeah. How do you feel that um, Norm did in your role? I thought he was superb. I thought Norm brought a level of sheen, sparkle and professionality, that professionalism even that is missing from this podcast. And worryingly for me, he brought, a, listening back to it, I laughed out loud a lot. He brought a lot of what I call uh, lols, um, which I think sets a dangerous precedent for this podcast. Well, it's, it, we're not a comedy. You know, this isn't parenting hell with Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe, is it? No, I, I, I've never, I've not heard that podcast, but I know who those two people are, so that that must be pretty bad. We're more sort of commode and mayo, aren't we? Straight, straight up. Mm, I wouldn't want to be either of those two people. I'll be honest. Do you want to be Claudia Winkleman? Nope. Do you want to be Barry Norman? Yes. Okay. Barry Norman or Mark Cousins? Remind me who Mark Cousins is. He speaks in an Irish voice and that always goes up at the end. And he's a, and he does films. He he does um, documentaries about films. Did he do the one about women's films, women's history? Maybe, but he he narrates lots of moving images with a poetic Mm. language where he he says things like films, costumes, props, dialogue, mise en scène, shot. Angles, camera angle. He just names things. Well, maybe that's the direction that we should go in. Just naming things. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. But I thought Norm was superb. um, Because I'd only really met him through lockdown Zoom quizzes. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really get to know him. But he's he's a very effervescent, ebullient uh, character with an obvious lust for life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, he's like I said in the introduction to that 
to the last week's episode, he's spent a lot of time um, with the sort of movers and shakers of the 90s glitterati um, and yeah. also the the Paddingtons. Yeah, and it, his story about Bobby Gillespie mm. in the toilet... Um, I don't. I don't think. Like, I'm. I'm on. I'm on board with both your opinions of Bobby Gillespie. Although, although I, 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 one of the best gigs I've ever been to was when Primal Screen were doing Exterminator at Glastonbury, um, like year two thousand and three or something. But, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think you can really hold it against someone having a smelly. Ex- a smelly excrement depositing that kind of thing in a, in a toilet because I suppose we've all been there. Well, I, I did say that that had confirmed what I, I, I already suspected I felt about Bobby Gillespie. Which is? is bad news. You, you, that, that's what I mean, Sam. It is Sam. You can't, you can't say it's bad news to... Um, to have for your feces to smell. It it can be the final nail in the coffin, though, can't it? Of of a relationship, maybe. Yeah, my my relationship with Bobby Gillespie. I mean, yeah, I I I, I think there's many things you you could hold against him, but but not that. Like as you said, you can hold Country Girl against him, mm-hmm. and probably many of his albums you could hold against him, but. Not exterminator, vanishing point, or smelly, smelly poos in airports. You uh, omitted um, screaming delicate. I, I love that one as well. I don't know why I left it out. My, my relationship with Bobby Gillespie started off with screaming delicate on a on a very positive note, and it ended last week when Norm told me that he's got offensive smelling. Feces. Yeah, I mean, he's a rock and roller, isn't he? He's a rock and roller, of course. I mean, I'm sure Marky Smith did his fair share of, you know, smelly toilet trips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marky Smith's a... That's for another podcast, isn't it? Yeah, there's two kinds of people. um, Those who like Marky Smith and those who've met Marky Smith. That's good. That's a good line. Who said that? Mark Riley. I think it was Billy Bragg, you know, so it kind of that cheapens it a little bit. But but um I think I've said that line before as well on this podcast. So do write in if um if you want to call me out on that, because I know that our listeners are nothing if not eagle eagle eared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, a couple of writings this week. Uh a young lady in Liverpool, um, Susie, wrote in to um express her Adoration of of our co-host last week and um and the, and the, the the pod last week. Uh, I'm trying to find what exactly that, that, Susie that said. That hurts, to be honest. Uh, no, but I mean that's that, she's she's obviously wax lyrical about you as well. Yeah, uh, she she enjoyed the mention of the music. Uh, maybe maybe you need to mention the music, more. the band, the music more. Men- mention more bands from that 2000 to 2004 period. Well, you know, this. so this is what we do in the 
in the film podcast, we talk about films and we talk about our lives in that year. This year is 2000. Sorry, I, I had a write-in as well. Okay, sorry, shoot. shoot. No, no, it's all right. A, a young man called Liam. And this write-in kind of made me reassess this whole podcast and what we're doing. Okay. Um, so this young man texted me to say that he was going to watch... He he said, I'm about to sit down and watch Before Sunrise. Right, okay. Uh, the, the, so we covered this film about three weeks ago and we 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 widely we roundly um yes de- degraded it degraded it well the the thing that upset me was that Liam this young man had written in a couple of times before this text message saying that he'd seen before sunrise once loved it saw it the second time hated it and then this young man texted me last week saying I'm going to put it on for a third time which confused me because if you've seen a film twice already and the last time you hated it, then why would you watch it a third time? And what upset me was why would you spend two hours of your life doing that and not watching one of the films that we really recommend in this podcast? Yeah, so I just it made me think if our if our listeners aren't on board, you know, obviously I'm not I'm not turning I'm not turning on our audience here. You know, mm. that's the last thing Sounds we good. want. We don't want to lose anyone. No. People are but free to make their own choices, aren't they? People are free. We live in um, we live in a society, don't we? And I think within our conversations, even if something is on balance, a negative re- review of a film, I think we also tap into what's good about a film and what what might be worth exploring and maybe uh maybe Liam maybe that struck a chord with Liam I just I was just a bit shocked I was like well you could have watched you could have watched hands on a hard body mhm that's free free on youtube free on youtube right up the street could could have watched a, a new a, something new but um uh, our listeners are nothing if not obstinate and I, I, I said to this young man, I think you share the same Finnish obstinacy that Sam Turner has. So you had it out with him? You had it out with him about this decision? It, it, he's not a person you can ever have it out with. Um, it, 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 it never reaches fever pitch, it, no matter how much you try and prod and cajole and provoke. Um, so it never reached fever pitch. What year did that come out? Um, I've never seen that film. Have you seen it? Yeah, I uh, I had it on VHS, or my brother had it on VHS. Yeah, and I've read the book as well. Um, is it by the High Fidelity guy, Nick Hornby? Yeah. yeah. Is it good? I enjoy. I enjoyed it at the time. Yeah, but we're not here to talk about Fever Pitch. No.
We're here to talk about the film Amores Peros, a film by Alejandro González Iñaki. In- Inyarita, Inyaritu, 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 Inyaritu. Good, good. Alejandro, Alejandro. We could call him Alex. Just for brevity. Out of every bit that I've pronounced, I was most pleased with Alejandro. Okay, we'll stick with that. Let's call it, let's call him that. The film is a triptych. Our listeners will be glad to know. Yeah. Three stories interwoven. Sorry, Sam. Was that was called a callback, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was that was a like this podcast is about nothing if not long long term. Long-term callbacks. Long-term, long-term payoffs. Long-term payoffs. Yeah. The three stories are Octavia and Susanna, Daniel and Valeria, El Chivo and Maru. Um, so they centre around the first story of the triptych, that's Octavia and Susanna. Um, Octavia has fallen in love with his brother's partner, Susanna. Yeah. He, he look, yeah. And yeah, he, I'm happy with this. And has hatched a plan to run away with Susanna and raises the money by entering his dog, Kofi, into the world of dog fighting. Good. Good. Um, at the end of this story... At the begin, this first story, Susanna runs away with Octavia's brother, taking Octavia's money that is raised in a dog with a dog fighting with them. You with me so far? Yes. In the second story of the triptych, Daniel and Valeria, Daniel is having an affair with Valeria, a model. They move into a flat together with Valeria's dog. I'm going to say Richie. Richie. And um, soon after they move in together, Valeria is involved in the car crash, which ends the first story. Octavia's crashed into Valeria and uh, caused her all sorts of injuries, which is threatening to her modelling career. Meanwhile, Richie, the dog, has disappeared down a hole in the flat that Hare and Daniel have moved in to. A hole in the floorboards. Yes. In the floor, yeah. The third story of this triptych... Well done. Go on, Sam. ...is El Chivo and Maru. Now, this is the one where I might need some help, Chris. Uh, so El Chivo is a homeless person who we soon learn was a gorilla. Before he was a gorilla, what was his occupation? Teacher, Teacher that um, went to fight with these Zapatistas gorilla movement. 
yeah. against the Mexican government, um, lost his family, and then became a hitman. Became estranged from his family. His family lived. They didn't die. An estranged hitman from his family. Yeah. And this story is about El Chivo being engaged to do another hit. Um, But whilst on the way to doing the hit, he witnesses the aforementioned car crash, Octavia hitting Valeria, and he rescues Kofi the dog from the scene of the car crash and nests him to health. However, Kofi attacks El Chivo's other dogs when El Chivo is out and kills them. He doesn't do the hit. Instead, he captures the person he's meant to do the hit on, chains him to a shelving unit. Ah, come on, you know that's not true. Radiator. A pillar. Pillar, okay. A supporting, a supporting structure of the building. A load-bearing, load would you call yeah. it load-bearing pillar? I think something else normally comes after load-bearing, but it sounds good. Load-bearing pillar. Um, along with the person who um, sanctioned the hit, who is actually the brother or brother-in-law, half-brother, half-brother of the target. And that is Amoros Peros by Alejandro... Gonzalez Inyaritu. Very good. Yeah. Bish bosh bash. That was, that was uh, a long that was the longest uh, synopsis I've done, I think. There's a lot going on in this film, it, isn't there? It was good. I was worried you were you were you were wobbling near the end. I thought you were wavering, but then you brought it back. I think that was it. I think that's one of the best prognosis you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was wavering at the end because I think there's some elements to the El Chivo story that, uh, I'm not quite hundred percent clear on. I th- I think, I think you were pretty, pretty good on that. I think there wasn't much to that story. I think you were pretty clear on stuff. I think what I was getting mixed up with was he was following the person who he was going to do the hit on, who was having a affair with a young lady who looked very similar to El Chivo's daughter and I was struggling to work out if that who if it was his daughter or I think sometimes I get face blindness yes what famous people have got face blindness this is usually your, your fact it is but I normally just make up I just make normally make it up to see people's reaction. Freddie Prince Jr. That's a good one. I always tell people that Jackie Chan has got face blindness. That yes. he, he and Gerard Deputy, they they can't remember faces either. Both actors. Is face blindness a a real thing? Oh yeah. Yep. I I used to know a stand up comedian. She had face blindness. I can't remember her name. But, you know, obviously it was in her act. She used to talk about it a lot, a lot. And this is just zero. You just can't 
recognize a face that you've seen before? No. Why is that supposed to be an inherent human quality? Well, exactly. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty awful. I think. Mm. Must be. Must be awful. Do you think your facial recognition is win is on the win in midlife? Whoa, whoa, what? No. I think I think it's better than ever. What about your ability to recall names, people's names? Um, yeah, maybe that one is uh, that one. Yeah, I do do the thing where you know mix up people's names sometimes. But you get uh, on that. I um I didn't introduce your partner to my friend's family because I worried that I was going to forget one of, one of his children's names on, on Sunday, on, on Saturday. All oh, right. You, where, where was this? Africa OA Festival, Sefton Park, Liverpool. You didn't introduce who to who? I didn't Emma. introduce Emma to Jack Gutz's um, family. Cause, oh, because did he have his children with him? Yeah. So you you got the fear. I got the fear. I got the yeah. I bottled it basically. Yeah. Well, does Jack listen? Mm, not not that I'm aware of. No. No. Do you want to say sorry to him? Um, Jack, I'm sorry. Yeah. Son of a famous playwright, so you you should um, you should you should do better. Novelist as well. Yeah, my stepmother always says it's not, it's not, it's not who you know. It's not what you know. It's who you know. I mean, some people turn that on its head, um, but she doesn't. She just says it's not, it's not what you know. It's who you know. You like? Do you think society can ever be a meritocracy, or do you think? Do you believe in that utopian idea of 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 uh, it? It should be what you know. What do you think? I think you shouldn't be scared to make acquaintances. Yeah, I, I do but think. I also some think. Pardon. But, yeah. but I also think um, knowledge is power. Right. Yeah. Good. I like that. And time is money. Time is money, but I do think there is some truth in that. That um, that it's not what you know; it's who you know. I, I, I do find it's just a bit of a cold, light of day fact of life. Yeah, no, that's that's de- it's you definitely know. the case, isn't it? Yeah, we are human. We are social animals. Um, mm. you know. It'd be what difficult. are we talking about? Um, so I think we need to give our quick thoughts on the film Amores Peros, which the title roughly translates, of course, to "Life's a loves a loves a bitch." Loves a bitch. Yeah. Um, which speaks to the presence of a dog dogs. in each of the dogs in each of the uh, stories. Yeah, exactly, and. Um... Are we do are we doing three favourite characters? No. I just noticed you did that with Norm. with Norm. Just yeah, yeah. In it, in it, to be fair to him, he took the ball and ran with it, didn't he? Well, yeah. yeah. I feel like we have done three favourite characters 
but when we've um, we've done a, a episodes together, but I don't think okay. it always applies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Changed. It was a little change to the format, wasn't it? Yeah, there's there's some. The thing is, when you're with um, when you've got lightning in the bottle, when you've got yeah. Norm on your podcast, it's lightning in the bottle. So you've got to be fleet fleet footed. Yeah, you can just throw things at him. Yeah, it's like improv king. Well, oh, so yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, yes, is I'm... that public? Is that public knowledge? Can be. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you you are an improviser now, aren't you? I'm an Im- improvist. Yeah. Good. You should do a one-man show where you do 40 impressions in 40 minutes. What Would I have to do accents? Yeah, what what impressions would you do? I can do um, Sean Penn, but it's it's just a facial expression. Yeah, and I can do on. the Aston, Aston Villa manager, but that's also just a face, facial expression. All right, do Sean Penn. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And do you want to see the Aston Villa manager? Yeah. Look him up afterwards. Okay. Okay, got it. Yeah. Interesting. It's good. It's good podcast. It's good podcast well, there, uh, fodder, isn't it? Well, it is. There's two minutes of your show already done. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Forty minutes is a long time just to see people want someone do one minute of an impression, isn't it? It is, it is. Right, straight out of the paddock, should we do, um, <laughs> should we do quick thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> we've gotten rusty. We're, we're half an hour in and all we've done is chat rubbish. Yeah, come on, because it's, it's on. after tea as well, isn't it? And it's yeah, late. yeah. Um, so this film was built up to us and our listeners by um, Nicholas Amann last week, which is unprecedented in the uh, in the Milf Q universe. The Milf Q universe. I'm using that. Um, yeah. So, so Norm said that it was his one of his favourite films at one point in his life, and so he saw Napoleon Dynamite. So I had high expectations. <laughs> Um, yeah, what did you straight, think of this film? Straight away, I was there was um, high drama. There was fast cuts. There was the energy of the early noughties straight straight in there, and I thought, yes, this this one's for me. There was a handsome. Yeah. There was a handsome homeless man. Yes, uh, say that again. A handsome homeless man. Yes, correct. Um, there was, I mean, there was dog, the dog. So Claire actually started watching this film with me and then I quickly realised what was going on and told her to not watch this film anymore because mm. she likes dogs. She's um, a, she's a, she's a animal lover. Yeah. And it was very visceral. The uh, dog violence, wasn't it? Although no yeah. dogs were harmed in the making of the film. Apparently not. Apparently not. Um, Watched it in two sittings, really enjoyed the first sitting, really enjoyed the second sitting. Um, 
energy provocation of thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting characters. I love Mexico City. I love the novels of Roberto Balaño. Mm. Um, so you know, this was this was a bit of you know when people say this is a bit of me. This was a bit of me. People say, "Oh, it's a bit of me." That is, is it. That's what people I mean, say. Yeah. Your phone brands burn. This no, is set yeah, in Mexico. Things don't have to be. You uh, literally a reflection of you. It just can hey, wait, be. They don't. They don't say this was a bit of me. They say. They say. Don't they say this is me? No, no. If you, if they like. Um, if there's a song that they really like, they could say, "Oh, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of me." That is, um, right. you know, right. um, a, a day like this by El- Elba. That's a bit of me. That is. <laughs> um, some people would say, "Oh, th- like, oh, this is my jam." Yeah, yeah. This is my, this is my thing. Yeah, some couples would say, you know, um, "Sam's Town" by Killers. That's our song. That's our song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um Yeah. So you you were in, you loved it. You liked it. I I loved it from the off, and I'll tell you another reason why I loved it. Mm. Gail, Garcia, Bernal. Yeah. The best actor of this generation. In 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 South America. In the world, in the Western Hemisphere, would you say he's like um, a Mexican Paddy Considine? Um, has he got the intensity of Considine? No. Um, he's more like a Mexican Michael Cera. Hmm. No, oh, who's the guy from the streets, Mike Skinner? Did you say he's a Mexican Mike Skinner because he's got the shaved head? At the end of this film, he shaved his head. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only similarity, really. Right, right. Do you want me to give my quick thoughts? Yes, please. Yeah. Right, straight out of the paddock. Um, I think this is. This was pure, this was traditional, good, really well done storytelling, wasn't it? Mm, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We've we've watched a lot of um, experimental films. This was just uh, storytelling, really good storytelling, a story to tell, a story well told. Um, Quite, yeah. Although it, it although it was messed around with the timelines, it was quite traditional in some ways. Um, my quick thoughts is the use of dogs mm-hmm. in is a shortcut to the heartstrings of the viewer. As in lazy, laziness. Are you saying that's laziness? Or no, I'm not saying that. You said that. You said that. I'm, I'm not saying that it was lazy. Um. But the film is about love and about dogs. Yeah. If you had to, if you had to boil it down to two things, 
Yeah, but I think that I think dogs represent a lot a lot more than just people like dogs. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you make a film where there's so many dog dogs in this film, it's so much about dogs. You're gonna get like when you watch a film about love, a good film about love, you 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 get strong emotions. You feel the film, mm-hmm. but if you add dogs into the mix. It's like, it's like bish bosh bash. Like, it's a winner. It's he knew. I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying he's cynical. I'm not saying he's lazy, but I'm saying he was on to a winner, Alejandro, when mm-hmm. he said, "Right, I'm going to sit down today, at my at my desk, and I'm going to write a film about love, and about and it's got loads of dogs in it. Horrible things happen to the dogs." Nice things happen to the dogs. There's dogs in it. Mm-hmm. That's going to provoke, you know, seeing not nice things happen to dogs, going to provoke things in you. And and I think um, they were two big topics. And I think it made me think what other films have been done to that effect as strongly. You've got Beethoven. Yeah. You've got K9. Mm-hmm. With John Belushi. You've got Turner and Hooch. Of course, yeah. With Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah. So, but this film did it really well. Love and Dogs. and Marley, Marley and Me. Marley and Me. Bouncer's Dream, that episode of Neighbor, Neighbours. Bouncer had yeah. a dream in black and white. R- right, okay. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I, I think... Uh, I think it was, it was, it, it didn't, it, okay, maybe, maybe I am being a bit critical because the film was gripping from start to end. I was pretty much gripped, but like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm taking away from it at the end of the day. It, it was a really good gripping story in a, in a very harsh world. Um, where it took place, and but I don't really know what I'm. I'm I'm not getting a positive percolation factor so much because I don't really mm. know what I'm taking from it apart from like a a ruddy good ride of a film, you know. Yeah, yeah. If we were to do ratings based on entertainment factor, yes, it'd be you know solid fifteen. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, couldn't definitely. I can imagine. Couldn't. And, but then you, you're given a rate a rating did you sneak in a rating then no i'm just saying that if if we were to do that this you know if we were to if we were to rank all the films that we saw for entertainment then this would be near the top wouldn't it yeah yeah definitely thought it was interesting that Pulp Fiction came out in 1994 and this film was made in the year 2000. They mm, were very similar. Not, not sure. I like where you're going with that. I think I think this is um, 
I think there's more to. I, I, I think you're you're comparing, you know, kiwi fruit and cheese there. Um, I would say I'm comparing cheese and borsam. Oh, well, that is a cheese. I'm yeah, comparing cheese. I'm comparing cheese and primula. Also, also a cheese, or is that a cheese uh, themed spread? Yeah, cheese themed spread. Um, or I'm comparing like a kiwi fruit and a grape. I mean, um, okay. Well, how would I mean, you how would you describe both... a ki- kiwi fruit in co- compared to grapes? Kiwi fruit's got a furry outside. Integrity. Yeah. I'd say a kiwi fruit is a montage film and a grape is a montage film. That's where I'm coming from. There were two Pulp. montage films. Pulp, I don't know what that means. Pulp Fiction isn't a triptych. Mm. I'd say it's at least a triptych. Like a quintitch. Could be a quintitch. A, qu- a quadritch. Sextitch. Sextitch. I mean, you've got, you've got, it's definitely a, a, an itch, Pulp Fiction. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Pulp Fiction, but I don't remember there being many dogs in it. Um, there's not there's not one unifying event in pulp fiction there is a there is a there is um all their storylines cross over somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and have an effect but it's not it's not so neat as that one car crash in Amores Peros yeah um, and i think that's yeah. something that's you know it feel i feel like you're saying that alejandra hasn't moved cinema on with this film um, six years later, I I don't think he has moved cinema on with this film. This film, of course, is part of his death trilogy. Yeah, yeah. The other one was Babel, and what was there was another one as well. I haven't it? seen Babel. I've seen the films that I've seen by this dude, uh, Twenty One Grams and Birdman, I believe. Yeah, I've seen Birdman, The Revenant. Oh, sorry, and, The Revenant, yeah. Yeah, I've seen 21 Grams as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's just a, a really, really good film made with energy, a really good story, really good acting, everything, everything. Really I think good there's, everything. Th- there's themes of unrequited love. Yeah, and there's, there's some kind of parallel between unrequited love and the, um, what do you call it when it's like um, what the the type of do- the type of love that dogs give you? Loyalty, unrequ- un oh yeah, unconditional, unconditional, un- yeah, un- unrequited and unconditional. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did like, I did like the themes of it. Maybe there's also th- themes of uh, inequality as well in this film. You have the um, contrast between the lives of uh, Octavia and the circles that he moved in with the um, 
the quite uh, bougie lifestyle of uh, Danielle and Valeria. Yeah, I mean there there were there was a high theme count count, but I'll give you that. But no, I she... thought there was stuff in it I'd seen before, like where her leg had to be amputated, very much like Requiem for a Dream. And I think it was obvious that was going to happen from the moment she had a leg brace put on. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. And you had the 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 triptych. You had the storytelling style. And where's he gone? Sorry, I was just turning okay. the light on. That's right. I think um, if you took the dog fighting out of this film. If it didn't start, if it didn't start with that first part, if it didn't start with that dog fighting third of the film, if that was moved to the end and it didn't, and it didn't have dog fighting in it, <laughs> I think you'd really reassess this film, whether it's really all that incredible, because I thought the middle section with the bougie couple, and it was a bit uh, not that great in some respects i mean i think i do think that's a ridiculous thing to say though because that uh, in isolation that middle story isn't all that but it rests on the fact that you you're comparing and contrasting it with the story that came before and the story that came after yeah it, don't get me wrong it was a really good film it was mm-hmm. um I think I think what it did new in cinema was portraying dogfighting. I'm going to say that. Okay. And using that in storytelling, and it and it was you know very, yeah, affecting, affecting, definitely. Um. So would you say you don't have any takeaways from this film? Uh, takeaways, I would say. Yeah, my first takeaway, people look more interesting and attractive when they have beards. Mm. Night and day with um, El Chivo, wasn't it? El Chivo, night and day. Very interesting looking man. His eye, speaking with his eyes. Mm. You described him as a some, something homeless man. Hitman. Um. Handsome homeless man. A handsome, a handsome homeless man. Saying it, saying it all with his eyes, big straggly beard. He's got that sort of cheap suit on. He's really dirty and grubby. Soon as he shaved off his beard and cut his hair short, he looked like a schmuck. Put his glasses on. Put his glasses on. Looked like a regular schmuck. Mm-hmm. And. Schnook. Schnuck, mm, schmuck, and not because, and that was the intention, obviously, but you know, just like as a fact of life, he he looked so uh, so much less interesting. Yeah, and so what? That was he was as a character, as his character arc, I think they call it. Um. Hmm. You felt all different ways about um, El Chivo throughout, didn't you? He sort of 
I sort of realised like halfway through that I just assume this homeless person is is a nice person for some reason, or mm-hmm. he's got some sort of benevolent qualities. And I, yeah. I didn't, I don't really know what I was. This was before he rescued um, Kofi. Yeah. Um, I just thought, oh well, this this guy's going to be a, a, a diamond in the rough, and I, I don't really know what what I was basing that on. And then I was thinking about when I was younger, this is a takeaway, um, mm-hmm. how Christopher Lloyd's character in Dennis the Menace, the film. Yes, good good shout out. Um, made me very scared of uh, homeless people. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that that came from, a fi- for you, that came from a film, whereas I had a very sobering experience with a homeless man in Winchester. Right, okay. So this was in your um, sandwich boarding days? I I would go as far to say that by some weird twist of fate, this probably happened in the year 2000, if not around the year 2000. Interesting. So I could could save it for later if you want. No, now now we're cooking. I say that and then you say... So okay. I was trying to kind of coin that catchphrase last week. Actually, now we now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Do you leave the G on at the end? <laughs> it, it sounded like you did. I think it's better last if you week did. Or... No, did you? I think now, just now, you left the G on. Which works best? Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Second one. Okay. So do you want to hear it now? Now we're cooking. Right. Yes. Um, good. So there was a homeless tramp in Winchester. <laughs> okay. There was, that was, yeah. there was a homeless man in uh, Winchester who was really famous. He was called Burping Ron. Right. And, and whenever you'd walk, past him he would belch really loudly at you at not you. not like um come up to you and do it in your face but but there was a degree of provocation in that that but he would do it pretty much constantly and um there was a rumor that he was actually a really well off bohemian but he just lived on the street but you know you hear those stories a lot yeah yeah so me and my brother mike made a guy, uh, not a Peter guy, but a Guy Fawkes. Guy Chambers. Not a Guy Chambers. Um, And we were doing, we probably made it a month in advance of uh, Bonfire Night and we were doing Penny for the Guy. I don't know if we ever did Penny for the Guy, but we just, I think we made it we probably made it for the sole intention of this competition that was coming up where you could submit your guy. You could take your guy along to the Winchester town hall on bonfire night and have it judged by the mayor for a prize, um, prize of 20 pound, I think. And we made a really good guy and we used to freak out my mum and stepdad by putting it, they'd, they'd get home from the pub or whatever and we'd we'd have the guy the guy would be like slumped in the toilet and stuff so they'd walk in and be scared by this this person on the toilet 
and we went along to the town hall on bonfire night and um like we we were there with three other people ours was the best clearly it was going to win it was issuing and then burping ron turned up with a teddy bear right a, a um a, a teddy dog i think it was a, a dog a toy dog and he gave a sob story to the mayor and she gave him the prize money and he won. That's incredible synchronicity for this, uh, the film that we're covering this week, isn't it? Oh God. Yeah, actually. Weird. Uh, Alejandro has put a uh, handsome burping Ron in this film and he's put dogs in this film. Burping Ron gets a dog in his, the competition and he wins a competition. That's weird. That is really weird. But uh, it, people, listeners at home, if you, I think if you want to Google Burp and Ron Winchester, I think you'll find a link to his obituary in the Hampshire Chronicle or something. Um, but he's a well-known character. But obviously I got, you know, one of my first tastes of reality from him. For that competition? Yeah. Yeah, just like, you know... Life is life doesn't life is not necessarily fair. It's just odd. It's it's not what you know, it's the dogs you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um and we put a lot of work into that guy and we were really proud of it. Um and it became a member of our family for a month, a month and a half. And we were a shoe in. Well, I mean, look at it this way. You had a lot of laughs. Um, you expressed yourself, not not sex, not sexually. No. Um, no. You know, Burping Ron got something out of it. It sounds like Burping Ron was held in high esteem uh, in the Winchester community. Yeah, he was. Um, he was kind of like. He was kind of. He was kind of liked for his ex eccentricity but um, I I I knew his truth side you know because of this competition yeah and just uh, my various run-ins with him over the years he he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a polite man mm-hmm. you, you could you could be Hitler but as long as you've got manners I, I like you you so you would like Hitler Hitler if he was polite if I didn't know what he was up to, yes. But Ron you couldn't was help not... but know. Ron was. I say. I say this much. Ron was utterly charming to the mayor. Right. Utterly charming, but I, he was never that way to me. On the few times I bumped into him, bit up leading up to that night. Well, you, I mean, in, yeah. he knew you were competition, and he knew the mayor was giving out prize. What was the prize? I think it was twenty pounds. Right. Okay. Yeah. A lot of money in Bearpin Ron's well. Oh well, maybe not if he was really rich. There was also there was someone in Hornsey who used to wear shorts all year round called Tom, uh, who looked like a uh, vagrant. Um, <laughs> but everyone said that he had a mansion. Yeah, it, that that stuff does go around. There's a guy in uh, York. 
I think he's called Trippy Chris. And, um, you know, the rumour is that he drank a bottle of acid and has never been the same again. Right. And I had the privilege of meeting him once, and I'll never forget it. Um, just like it's pulling, pulling, pulling things out of the ether that only just looking into my soul and just pulling mm. things out. Not like, not like a medium. Not like predict saying things about my life that only I could know. But just knowing me and saying the most mad rambling stuff whilst also sometimes making sense and just like just on just like he knew my energy and he would just go he would go around people he wasn't performing he was just complete and utter nutcase were you in character as top joe when you met this um i think i was I, I, i was there for top joe i can't remember if i was in character or not maybe i was yeah yeah, so it's kind of basically like looking in the mirror for a few minutes and yeah, yeah, and he was called Chris as well. Yeah, yeah, it was quite odd. Yeah, yeah, but he, I think I think he just had a knack of reflecting people back at them, just knowing them with it within an instant and showing that back at you. It was quite a weird experience. Yes. Well. Uh, where should we go now? Um, do you have a main takeaway? Um, I think my main takeaway is be be careful around dogs. Be yeah. humble. Be respectful. Don't underestimate them. Um, yeah, I'd say be, be cautious around dogs sometimes if it's a big dog. Um, so Kofi was like, uh, what, what did you make of Kofi? It was a, he was a Rottweiler. I'd say so. Uh, a gentle soul, but put him in front of a dog and he'll, he'll, he'll tear it limb from limb. Yeah. He, I'd, I'd say he was a Rottweiler and a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, synopsis. There, there is a film with Robert De Niro and Sean Penn called "What Just Happened" about a, a satire on making movies. And in this movie, they make a movie with Sean Penn where his he gets killed and his pet dog gets killed. All right. Okay. And it doesn't play well with test audiences. They 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 hate it because this dog gets killed. Um, and I think it. I think watching that film previously made me view this film with a bit of a, a touch of cynicism. Right, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So you were thinking they've added the dog ingredient here. Yeah. Because it it's going to provoke um yeah feelings it's going to heighten drama yeah definitely and like you know i don't think it was tacked on it was an absolutely it was intrinsic part of, story, intrinsic part of the storytelling but but you know it is well known in 
in in filmmaking like there's a there's um there's a filmmaking rule there's a kind of a a, 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 there's a writer who's written his own formula for writing Hollywood screenplays and his whole shtick is called Save the Cat um, and he, the book is called Save the Cat and, and uh, he, one of his rules is that within the first 10 pages you have to see the protagonist do something nice mm-hmm. to get you on board with them and you see it in nearly every film mm-hmm. Um and you know, and it's well known that if you harm a dog in a film, you're gonna you're gonna hate you're gonna hate what you see. It might make you hate that character or hate the film. So yeah. I think I think I think Alejandro knew how this would play. You know, this was Alejandro's uh, debut feature film. Yeah, it was. I think it was. Uh... Gabriel, what's he called? Gail, 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 Garcia, Bernal's breakthrough role as well. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, the um, the Mexican Paddy Considine. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like they were gaming the system. No, 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 they, they, they weren't. I'm just saying that, that I'm just saying it explains why you'd be gripped by this film. Because it's pulling at all the emotions you've got going on, love, love and dogs. When when you're talking like that, I keep thinking of um, Ricky Gervais's series Afterlife. Um, have I seen? I I I I, I haven't seen it. I, it's I the most off by that bit, by em- that em- emotionally manipulative mm. piece of. I mean, I, I, I quite like the first series, if I'm honest, um, but after that, it just gets rid- ridiculous, just very, I think I've very heard cynical. It, I think I've heard of it described that he's like a victim throughout it or something. Is that is that correct? He's like given up on life uh, and his dog saved him from um, killing himself because of his love of his dog and he's is, uh, depressed because his wife died. And he's he starts crying like every three times in every episode, and that's when you mm. when you're meant to start crying. Oh, right. I, see. I see. Um, I think you should do your dog bit. Um, what's your opinion about dogs? I like all dogs. I think they're they're all fine. Um, some people really love dogs, but often the people that really love dogs have an acute hatred of dogs below a certain size. Uh, yeah. This um, perplexes me. Uh, they'll, yeah. they'll they'll get very annoyed when they see a smaller dog. They'll describe mm-hmm. it as a rat. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll refuse to accept that sm- small dogs are dogs. That's not a dog. They'll, yeah. they'll say. Yeah. Um, Whereas, I'd say that is a, that is a dog. What, wasn't the punchline? Wasn't the punchline? It um, people say they they uh, they can't stand small dogs. Uh, I don't have any strong feelings on them. 
<laughs> Wasn't that the punchline in previous versions of it? Uh, I don't know if I've ever done it. I don't know if I've ever structured it, really. But I sort of started with that point this time, didn't I? Mm. Do you think that needs to be the... I th- that needs I think, to be the end of it? I think you need to... I think there's a thing Ken Dodd does where he does... He does he does jokes in threes, and he puts his um, he puts his two two good ones, and then a knockout one at the end. And you think me saying, "I've got no strong f- feelings towards small dogs." That's that's the knockout. That, I think that's the knockout punch. If if you can find the wording, yeah. Okay. People people's people. It's it's got to be quicker. It's like people always going on about dogs, aren't they? Yeah. Aren't they? Aren't they? That sort of yeah. thing. Um, you get all you know, types types of dogs. Maybe I could do yeah. an impression of a pug or something. Mm, don't think you need to. And like the breathing, mm. you know the how how. No, it's it's, it's too much of a tangent. Yeah, you're not Lee Evans. That was quite a good impression of how a pug breathes, though, wasn't it? It was. It was. You could definitely do some mic mic play. With that, yeah, with that sound yeah. effect, yeah. I think my act is missing, Mike play. Yeah, and, then, and that could oh, be my stage name as well. Actually, how would you spell Mike? M I K E. Yeah, just people always going on about dogs. Oh, I love dogs, me. Oh, 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 but I don't like. Yeah, you say it like that. Oh, but I don't like small dog, me. Oh, I don't like small dog. Yeah, and then Ooh. Uh, go on. Ooh. Ooh, 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 I don't like small dogs. Ooh, I don't like small dogs. Me, and then what's the what's the punchline? Me. I've got no strong feelings against them. I've got no strong feelings against them. <laughs> yeah, it's good because it's an unusual opinion. Yeah. Because I've got that so, one about Marmite as well. What? What? Yeah, go on. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's another one. What do you think? Um, yeah, you're in the middle. So, would you open with that with the dogs? Marmite, the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't know. I think the aspect ratio stuff's got to go. It's got to go first, really. I've been thinking the last couple of weeks about your your bit about your other stand up bit about um, looking at people in the eyes when they're picking up dog poo. Mm. What, what, yeah. What's what? What's the joke in that one? Um, there's two situations where I feel com- uncomfortable looking people in the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're picking up dog poo and when they're taking selfies. Right. I'd, I'd, I'd say them the other way around. I'd say when they're taking selfies and then finish with and when they pick up dog poo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just and a structure thing, isn't it, really? And then I'll be, I'll be ready. Then you'll be ready. I, I thought Claire did a good bit the other day at the barbecue. Uh, right. She said, I don't know if she, it was her original material. She said, because um, it was a really hot day, and she said, I, I think men being topless, I think I said, is, is that acceptable, men being topless? And she said, she said, my rule is it's acceptable, but it's only not when they start moving. Yeah, if they're if they're a topless man in movement, then it's not it's stop it's instantly not acceptable. 
you've got to be stationary to be topless. If, yes. If you're, if, you're a, if you're a topless man, you've got to be stationary, yeah. That was strong material. Is did is that hers? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, um, I did. I sort of um, explore. I, I drilled into it when she was, because I was. I knew that she had animosity towards men's having her tops off, hmm. and I was saying, "Oh, I might take my top off," and she was yeah. strangely serene about it. So then I, uh, I, um, where were you? In our own garden, right. yeah. yeah. And I, then I said, "But then I might need to to go inside to the toilet. Is that is that all right?" Yeah, and then she came up with that on the hoof. Yeah, yeah. It's a good bit. She should write some material for you. Yeah, or maybe she can be my um, support support act. Yeah, that, mm, yeah. But my ex's stepdad was walking around on a hot day with his top off in Allerton Cemetery. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Claire would agree agree yeah. with that. A um, big man, a big shaved-headed man from Accrington. Well, you know, if you don't see a problem with it, you don't see a problem with it anywhere, do you? No, I, I, I called him up on it, not in an aggressive way, more just like, could you please put your top on? And and he was he was steadfast. There was nothing wrong with it. He he, he was oblivious. There was anything wrong with it. Wow. Was people were people giving him the stink eye? I'm not sure because I kept the distance of about um, three hectares. Right. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to ratings? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yep. Yeah. You, you sound defeated. Well, just very quickly, let's do this because we're. Um... You know, um, I've got I've had feedback that ninety minutes is the ideal length, and I think I think oh, well, we can achieve we, that. Well, we kind of ruined that because we've only got twenty minutes left that's, to I finish think that's, off. I think that's enough. Okay, rise smile factor zero. No rise smiles to be had in this film. I think I probably I think there was a lot of rise smiles coming from El Chivo, and I think I probably. Maybe unconsciously uh, returned that. Basically, I think I fell in love with Chivo before he um, before he yeah. shaved his beard. El, yeah, El Chivo. Women want to. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. That's how yeah, you describe yeah. El Chivo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could tell he'd lived a life. Um, yeah, and you could tell he had a heart of gold. Yeah, he, he had, and as an actor, he just had it. He had gravitas, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gravitas in, in buckets. Yeah, it reminded me of um, there was a sort of quite similar character in uh, My Own Private Idaho, who was like the Fagin yeah. character. What's his um, name? Yeah, he was he's sim- similar sort of magnetism. Yeah, definitely but bearded this guy, magnetism. I think they call it, don't they? Bearded, but El Chivo was a cut above that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that that guy was no slouch. He was a bit of a slouch. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit of a slouch. He was a magnetic slouch, though. He was pretty much a slouch. That was <laughs> one of his defining characteristics. It's Zach Galifianakis, isn't it? At the end of the day, the magnetic slouch. Yeah, he's got the slouch angle, slacker. Hmm. Um. 
So right smile factor. I'm I'm sticking to that zero. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, it was serious storytelling. Erotic rating. I'm going to give it one out of ten. One out of ten. That's ten percent. Two out of ten. I'll yeah, set it on two. It was uh, subtitled. It was subtitled. There was it. He 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 he. Um, the the you know there was some um, love making in it. There was love making in it. There was a it, fashion it model. Yeah, but it wasn't tender love making. No, it wasn't. It, nor it, nor was it erotic love making. No, but that's one point, and then one point for the subtitles. Um, what about the chemistry between um, Valeria and Daniel? Uh, they were both reprehensible characters, so that that cancels it out. I think uh, labelling Valeria is reprehensible, so tad harsh. I think I'm getting mixed up. Are you talking about the the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law? I'm talking about the model and the magazine editor. I thought they were both reprehensible. What was reprehensible about Valeria? Apart from she was having an affair with a married man. Um, she... Oh, she she pretended to be in that relationship ship on t- <laughs> that, really, <laughs> that relationship yeah. on TV, didn't she? Yeah. With the uh, grey head, silver. Yeah, fox. she she was uh, she was just I don't know presented as superficial, I guess. I don't have a problem with her. Okay. Right. Call it a four. Call it a four point five. What? You you boot you're giving three point five extra because of two point five extra because of Valeria. Yeah. Wow. Well, and, and wow. but we haven't um, we haven't. Well, I mean, we've touched on it, but the sexual magnetism of El Chivo as well. Oh shit! Yeah, I give it seven out of ten. Great. Good. Good. Yeah, erotic rain, seven out of ten. Uh, geese count zero. Right, that's that's a regular one, is it? I thought I think it should be regular. There were no geese in this film, not one. No, no, it was a shame, and it's not like there wasn't animals. They had, they had, they obviously had animal budget, didn't they? Exactly, they had animal budget in spades. Two films ago. There were about a hundred geese on. I, I exaggerated. I kept saying two hundred. It's probably about. It's probably about fifty. Fifty geese on screen, constantly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I, I don't. I don't, mm, I, don't th- I think you should maybe temper your expectations a little bit on the geese front. I want. I want fifty geese in every film from now on. I think that's how we should choose the films. Going I forward, mean, we'll have there'll be Babe and Babe Pig in the City. Um, yeah, I assume I've never seen those films. Have you seen those films? I've seen yeah, I've seen Babe loads, loads, twice. Right. Like we could get Charlotte's Web, Animal Farm, um, Fox. 
Fivel goes west. F- yeah. Fuck okay. it. Throw that in. See if we get a goose. Okay. American tail. Yeah. Underrated Fivel goes west. Is that the is that the sequel? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, those are my those are my ratings. Wonderful. Okay, so. Should we go into our lives in the year 2000? Yeah, sure. So yeah, we're talking... I'm, I'm, happy to skip, I'm happy to skip the protagonist question this week. Fantastic. That's very big of you. Um, so okay. the Millennium Bug. Yeah. Oh, that was bad, this wasn't was, it? This was looming large, wasn't it? Oh, I suppose it wasn't looming large because we knew by now that it was fine. Are we are we assuming? Yeah, it's already turned first of January. Yeah, yeah. So it was big relief, big relief I, I, in uh, the year two thousand because there was it didn't transpire. I, I think literally, is it safe to say literally nothing happened? Yeah, I'd say so. Could. Yeah, and mm. I'm sure I've seen things where like even the smart guys were like really worried, weren't they? But you'd think really? the, they think the boffins would know that it would be fine, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would have thought so. But I think people, I think there was genuine, there was genuine worry in the boffin community about the Millennium Bug. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't embedded, so I, you know, I wasn't embedded in that in that culture. So, you know, which culture? Leaving... Which culture were you embedded in uh, at this time? At this time, I was embedded in adolescence. So was, you were, tell me how old you were. I was 18. Right, okay. That's so an important the, age, isn't it? Formative. Yeah, so I was I was um, a late developer, but I'd say by 18 I was... Pubic. Pubic. Yeah, <laughs> pubic. And... Uh, and I started enjoying drink, okay. drinking, going out drinking. That you know that rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along came Sense Media. When you were eighteen, when I was eighteen, we were just. I just started. Um, I tried it a few times. Let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Not many times. Mm-hmm. Um. But um, I, we 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 had some, and the plan was to go around to James, Jim Lewis's house on a Friday night and watch Catchphrase, while high. Okay. And I I videotaped Catchphrase, had it had it on videotape. Right. Okay. Uh, VHS. VHS. Um, we. Drove out in his Fiat Cinquecento, um, sm- smoked the Sense Amelia, mm-hmm. and um, 
couldn't couldn't quite get out of the Cinquecento, got back to his house. Couldn't quite get out of it? Yeah, we got back to his house, couldn't quite get out because I was a bit worse for wear. Stuck on catchphrase. Five minutes in. Vomited everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Alan White. Jim White. Alan Whitey, yeah. All over the shop. All over the... Everywhere. All over all over the place. Yikes. His mum was... His mum was an interior designer. Oh. And I'd eaten macaroni... We'd eaten macaroni cheese earlier that night. As a group. Um, as a group. <laughs> yeah, as... as <laughs> Is that important? Is that important? I'm uh, just interested in the dynamic. Like you are it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you that's an odd together. thing for? Do you think it that's odd for 18 year olds to eat macaroni and cheese together? Mm, a, li- a little bit. Who who made it? Maybe his mum made it. Right. Okay. That's a kick in the face, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, and uh, yeah, so it was a big clean-up job, really. So, big. and you were the only one to whitey. Yeah, I, I was. I was. That used to happen to me quite often. Did it? Yeah, I was that guy. Mm, okay, um, but you stuck with and, it. Well, I didn't stick. I never went full blown into it, but. Um, yeah, certainly enjoyed it at certain parts of my life, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm no um, Howard Marks, obviously. No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Norm's really... Uh, he was smoke, He was smoking it back then, and uh, now he's moved to a place where it's legal. Does he, does he still smoke it? Mm, yeah. Gr- gr- uh, yeah. Well... Oh, he is a big, big fan, big fan. Yeah, I, 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 I've liked it at various points in my life, and I, I still, I still like it. Once in a blue moon. Um, so yeah, we had to do a big clean up job. Big, big clean up job. So you, you we're, were we're talking we're talking hours. And this was so. Um, whose mum was it? Jim Lewis's mum. Mrs. Lewis didn't know about it, or was she part of the clean-up operation? Um, no, no, they never knew. That's good. But, yeah. And as an overview of that year, I was working in one-stop newsagent. As an as an overview? In a more general sense, yes. uh, that year... I was um I was working at one stop as like something like assistant manager or something. Wow. High flying. Um yeah, I don't know how that came about, but um me and Eggleston worked there and um I remember one day by some look of the draw we used to have to go and do stock checks to remove stock that was going out of date from the shelves. You'd hardly come across anything, ever. And then I think four cans of cider had gone off. 
so this was like this was big news and then um so we wrote them off uh excited to have them mm-hmm. and then a guy called Sean I don't know how he got wind of it but he got wind of it and he and he left his house 15 minute walk away walked to the shop to get the cans he was he was fuming that this happened didn't happen on his shift and this is this he, is pre pre mobile phone days isn't it yeah Mm, I, I think they were they were just coming I in. I think Nokia th- Nokia thirty two tens were probably just yeah. coming in, weren't they? Maybe thirty two ten, eighty two ten, yeah. Um, Motorola days. Um, so yeah, Sean got wind. We're talking about a man in his mid forties with kids. He came up to get his to get his his cans of cider. So Sean had some took... sort of sixth sense for off cider. I I can't remember. I think we wrote them off, but we didn't take them home that night, and we we kind of like reserved them to take them the next day or something. Sean got wind. Maybe Eggleston let it slip, and then I was just on a shift one. I was just on a shift the next day. Just came up to get the his cider. Mm-hmm. He he, yeah. he he came in while you were working and said, "I'm having, yeah. I'm having that side." Yeah, yeah. So was he higher in rank than you then? I think he was. He wasn't manager, but he was higher in rank. So I I I was I was something. Ah, I know what I was. Um. This is thrilling stuff. I was. Um, Super assistant, supervi- I was I was supervisor. Okay, uh, not assistant supervisor. Full blown. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think there was one. I was supervisor. Right. Okay. That's good. That's good. And how long did you work at the one stop shop for? About six months. Um, I was there when nine eleven took place. So it must have been more than six months because that was. <laughs> <laughs> That was in two thousand and one, and it was in uh, it was in September. Yeah, uh, September. Uh, yeah must have still been there. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just I'm all mixed up. Like, I was also working in Sainsbury's doing the milk. I was the I was the milk guy, you know. At the same time as a one stop shop. Oh no, I was trolleys. I was trolleys. I was milk later on. Um. No, at different points in the year, but what this is all leading up to is that I went to Hong Kong. In the year 2000? We no, should it's... have we should have a guest on called Liam, but I think if we can maybe persuade him to come on next week because I was still in Hong Kong in the year 2001 for, for until like August or something. But, but you've just said that you were at the one-stop shopping at night. When nine eleven was on. Oh God! I need to. Um, Barb's, if you're listening, please write in, and because he he's got like a photographic memory with dates and stuff. Yeah, norms like that as well. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, but we yeah, need to get Liam on. That'd be good. Yeah, because it, it's it'll be a a big moment in history next week that we'll have to cover with um, 
characteristic sensitivity. Like, like we did, like we did with the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Well, I the... just, I can tell you what happened now. No, I think they should. That's a nice teaser. That's what they call it—a a teaser. Okay, but um, the long and short of it is, um, you know, I enjoyed one stop. We could, we could, we could rent the videos from there for free. I, I think so, yeah. And that's really good. We, we had a complaint made about made against us. Me and Eggleston only got a couple of shifts on where we, we were together, and we, we used to turn the music up loud, and someone complained about it. That's a shame. And there was there was like a really like intelligent wounded man working there called Anthony, and he used to dress like um, who's that actor from the King's Speech? Colin Firth. He used to dress like Colin Firth. He used to was... dress like Colin Firth. How does Colin Firth dress? <laughs> <laughs> it's the least, the most nondescript dresser there is. I, I imagine like he's in like white moleskin chinos and a tucked in, uh, sorry, black moleskin chinos and a tucked in white shirt. Open collar. Okay, okay. So like a, a a Tory basically. Yeah, but he was a he was kind of like. You know, like he was—he was a clever man, and you—you you wonder, like, what's he doing here? But, and he was wounded. He, he was—he was wounded. He was wounded, as in spiritually. Yeah, and I think he lived with his mum. But he was but, quite debonair. Yeah, slightly, but but also quite introverted and shy. And but you can imagine he goes home and like read reads the great gatsby or something or like mm. listens to classical music or something and what was he called anthony last name yeah last name no idea mm-hmm. one stop um <laughs> so I, th- I think at this time i was working at the black swan as a pot wash uh i've touched upon this before yeah um robert tibbett's now wife heidi was um a waitress. James Cundle was a waitress, a waiter. Um, Martin Rowe was the landlord, uh, who's the best friend of my dad's. Right. Uh, Anne, Anne Rowe was uh, the ma- manager. And you Rowe were as to... in Rowe as in the fish eggs, R O E. There's a W in there somewhere. Don't ask me where. <laughs> Um, R O W E, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. And uh, occasionally, I'd make um, garlic bread. Um, whoa, what you just make your own item off menu and no, no, no. It. Like uh, the order would come in and it'd have garlic bread on there, and Martin would be like, "Sam, I think you're ready." There's a opportunity mm. for development here mm. um, ciabatta bread no mm. French stick mm. <laughs> let's call it French stick French stick butter, <laughs> chopped garlic parsley parsley is less of the flavour it's more for the op- optics right um, put it under the yeah, grill, as in the statistics. <laughs> the look, right? It's like, 
it's like what um, Will Smith was saying. It's for the look. I don't like it. Um, yeah, I think we should cigars. stop. Stop bigging up Will Smith. Right. Okay. Um, so I would, uh, and I would replicate that at home. I'd make uh, garlic bread and maybe a little flame of um, a, a, a desire to cook was uh, lit at that point, but it mm. didn't really come to full fru- fruition for many till many years later. Well, no, I mean, look at you now. You, you own a barbecue. Yeah, I own a barbecue. I mean, people yeah. laughed at you, but now you own a barbecue. Yeah, it's and got, that's it's, just, it's got... That, it's got three legs. It's got three legs. And that journey probably began in the Black Swan kitchen. Yeah. And you know, you said last week you've you've had, it's only June and you've had 3.5 barbecues. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever heard the phrase, pride comes before a fall? Have you ever heard that? No. What does it mean? Um, I'm not sure what it means, but I'm a bit worried about complacency. Yeah. I, I got a little inkling of complacency there. Like you, 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 you're talking about it like it was a, it was a foregone conclusion that you're going to do it, and talking about it as, it as if it had already finished, which I thought was a bit, bit offensive. Is <laughs> is that how I was talking about it? Well, maybe not, but just thought you know, like come on. This is where the hard work begins. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And what what happened in that barbecue three point five was a torrential rainstorm that wet the barbecue. It mm. did say in the instructions to the barbecue that don't ever put out the coals by pouring water on them, and those coals were put out by the rainwater. By by. God, God, God's own water, and 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 why? What do you? Th- why do you think that's a problem that happening? Well, I'm just saying it's. It, maybe I should have heeded that as a, as a, as a you know warning. Do you think it's cursed? Or something yeah, now? I'm. I'm saying it could be a bad omen. Yeah. I think it is a bad omen. Okay. No, that's that's fair enough. I need to take that into account, but. There is talk of uh, me being invited to a barbecue tomorrow night. So then you you be on four point five, mm-hmm. and then is it like a board game? One like people play board games in different ways. Is it like you have to la- you have to get roll the dice to get the exact number to finish? Like if you need two, if you need to get two moves, and you roll, you have to keep rolling until you get a two. Or if you roll a four, can you still progress those two to the end of the board game? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I've thought about this. Should what I what finish I'm on is... a point five to make it an even five? Exactly. Um, I never want to have a point five barbecue again. So what are you going to do then? Well, I'm going to have as many bloody barbecues as I can this summer. That's the whole. That's the whole point of this. So you're not going to play those board game rules. You're going to play the other board game rules. You're going to roll a six but to, to get a one point five. You don't have barbecues on board boards. No, you don't. You have them on 
You have them on a on a, on a barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we Cold. should we talk about um the should we talk about the films for next week? Have you finished your memories? Um, the year two thousand. Oh, well, I'll just say about New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. Um, which I should have talked about last week. Really, I was sick outside uh, from James Cundall's uh, bedroom window, second onto... floor onto Main Street, Bramsburton. Right. Um, and I think we fell asleep trying to find Emmanuel on um, Channel Five. Oh yeah, we 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 put it. We we read the listings that day. We knew that mm-hmm. Emmanuel was coming on at a certain time. Yeah, um, and we couldn't for the life of us understand why it wasn't on. Millennium Bug. Hmm. Interesting. So, it, Interesting. you know, there you go. It did. It did have something. Did happen. Yeah. Emmanuel mm. was the um, the victim. Yeah, it took the it took the fall. Took yeah, took the hit. So I've got a short list of films for two thousand and one. Yeah. A Space Odyssey. Oh right, yeah. Oh right, okay, yeah. Um, so I've actually got quite a long list and I've I've not really cut it down so I'm just going to quickly go through the titles and there might be some that you've already seen um, you've got you've got to knock it down to three okay do I um, okay the, okay I will do yeah the piano teacher you, you don't seen it <laughs> there we go um, <laughs> Blue Spring by Toshiaki Toyota. No. Um, soon after being named the new leader of his high school's gang system, Kujo grows bored with the violence and hatred that surround him. He wants desperately to abandon his post, but his once enviable position of power has a strange way of making him feel powerless. All right. Directed by... Tokiashi Toyoda. Has it been talked up? 3.9 star, star rating and letterboxed. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, and, and you know, Cujo, you said his, his name was Cujo in that film, and there's a Stephen King novel and a film about Cujo the dog. That's, tr- uh, that's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, could have a high geese count, might not have a high geese count. Ooh, now we're talking. Um, the film The Sun's Room by Nanny Moretti won Cannes Palme d'Or in 2001. Mm. Uh, simply, a psychoanalyst and his family go through profound emotional trauma when their son dies in a scuba diving accident. Oh, don't know if I can do that. Okay. I said, uh, and also, it would limit whether Emma could watch it as well. Is this a famous film? Um, Go. Yeah, I, I used to love that film. The the Japanese one. Oh no, Korean. I haven't seen that. Sugiara. 
a Japanese-born third-generation Korean teenager struggles to find a place in society that will not accept him. That's, have you seen? That's have you seen big, the other go? Have you seen the other go? Has that got um, Tom Cruise's ex-wife in it? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen it, but I remember. I think uh, Cockney Dave had it on DVD. Yeah, I used to really enjoy it. We've never watched an Indian film. Um, Monsoon Wedding is about a stressed father, a bride-to-be with a secret, a smitten event planner, and relatives from around the world create much ado about the preparations for an arranged marriage in India. Is it a feel-good film, though? Uh, the 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 cover does suggest feel good. I, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it now. I I don't like the um the poster and stuff. Okay, I mean that's it, a danger, isn't it? You shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't Never I? judge a film by its cover. I I remember it at the time. It was quite a big hit, and right. to me, it just looks like a feel good film. Okay. I think it'll just wash over me. I'll take that. Okay, this is the final option. In a suburb of... This is called Dog Days. Okay. Uh, In a suburb of Vienna, during some hot summer days, a teacher who is is in bondage to a sleazy pimp, Mm. a very unfortunate hitchhiker, a private detective on the run from some foursome car vandals, a couple with a serious marriage problem and an old man whose wife died long ago on the search for some sexual entertainment live their lives while their lifelines cross from time to time. What what part of the world? Uh, Austria. Ulrich Seidel. Sam, by that one. Sam gonna... it, it's up to you. I, I have no idea. I'm gonna go with this. Is a shot in the dark this this week. I think. Have, have you got Have you got a gut feeling when you were whittling it down to those ten or? I think whatever, my I think my, um, I think my gut feeling is Blue Spring. Yeah. Okay. That's my gut feeling. Yeah. Let's go for Blue Spring. It's available. Sorry, my uh, phone's not working now. I think it's available on Amazon. So my talking forty nine. I double check. Yeah, you can rent it for two pound fifty. Well, it's cheaper than normal. It it, it says here it's it, in the tradition of bebop high school. What is that? Um, ca- character on uh, in the turtles, bebop and rocksteady. Yeah, I assume it's something to do with that rhinoceros. Yeah. Okay. It's a shot in the dark, it's a risk, and if this podcast is about anything, it's about taking risks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Do we have a phrase that could sum up this week's episode? How does this sound? It's not what you know, it's the dogs you know. Yes, it's dog show. It's not what you know, it's dog show. The the band from... Yeah, Liverpool References. It's not what you know, it's dog show. Is that what we're going with? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I like the first one. 
Okay. It's not what you know. It's the dogs you know. Great. Yeah.